The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long. Your life will pass by as a vapor and you will stand before the judgment seat of God. And every secret deed and thought, every wrinkle, every spot will be in view. Before the one who knows all things, the Lord of Lord and King of Kings, you know the one you never knew. While you have breath, you have a choice to make in life. Turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ yes you can find peace in him from the judgment that's to come he is the shelter from the coming storm All creation shakes at the mention of his name He has power over life and death Every knee will bow and tongue confess Heaven and earth will proclaim That Jesus Christ is Lord To the glory of the Father Will you bow, will you surrender To His majesty He can save you from the might of all your sin the fight in which he stands in perfect victory while you have breath you have a choice to make in life turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ. Yes. Yes. You can find peace in Him from the judgment that's to come. Yes. He is a shelter from the coming storm. While you have breath 
You have a choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm. He's the only shelter from the coming storm. As soon as Jesus was baptized, He went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. These are the three great temptations that Jesus faced out after he had been fasting for 40 days and was very hungry. He was very hungry. At the point of dying, the angels came and ministered to him. We look at these three temptations. All week I've been talking to you about them. These are the standard temptations that Satan comes to us with. He doesn't have a large repertoire. 
He comes with what he has that he can hopefully catch us. Now, what's the greatest temptation of all? Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we have all succumbed, especially to this last great temptation. We can pretend that we're fine. We can pretend that we have everything in control. But in fact, we bought into this lie that we can be God and we can make our own decisions. That if it's going to be, it's up to me and I'm on my way. Or if I choose this or that, Lord, we have succumbed to this wickedness. We are guilty before you. Lord, would you come and enlarge both our understanding and our willingness to submit to you that we would give up playing God and put our trust in you, Jesus. Please come and change our hearts that we could make you the God of our heart. For there's no room in our heart if we're the God for the God of heaven. Come, O Lord, come now. There are men and women listening to this broadcast who have been playing God for so many years, they don't know how to do anything else. They are caught in the web of the devil. And I'm asking that you would give each person the courage today to say, depart from me, Satan. Leave me alone. I serve the God of heaven. Lord, thank you. Thank you. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, it's this third temptation that is the greatest temptation for all of us. And I dare say that all of you have utterly succumbed to this temptation. The devil takes them up to a very high mountain and he shows them all of the kingdoms of the world. Today, if he were to do that, he'd say, look, here's Vanguard. Look, here's BlackRock. Look, here's Verizon. Here are the great holding companies of the world. They control everything. The world is owned by these companies, and I own them. And they do my bidding. And now he's saying, here are the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you if you will just bow down and worship me. 
and Jesus will have none of it. Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Many times I've heard sermons preached, and someone even asked me about it this morning. How much is too much? You're thinking about buying a new car. How much is too much? You're thinking about a vacation. How much is too much? What is acceptable? How much money should I spend for a hotel? How much money should I spend for a car? How much money should I spend for a new house? Or for new clothes? How much is too much? One large mega church in Texas told their pastors, you're welcome to buy any car that costs the same or less than a Honda Accord. And so everybody drove dolled up Honda Accords. Another congregation, they, all of their pastors drive new Mercedes. Is is the Mercedes too much? Is the Honda Accord too much? How much is too much? Well, that question basically says, I'm an independent person and I'm serving Jesus. And so how much can I have and still serve Jesus? It's the wrong question. (laughs) The real question is, if I am a servant of the Most High God, and if I worship him and, and him alone, if I receive only from his hand what he chooses to give me, then what do I need? What do I need that he indicates I need in order to serve him and the kingdom of heaven? One pastor I listened to as he preached a sermon entitled, How Much is Too Much?, And he said, spend as much as you can afford without threatening the financial viability of your family. So if you're buying new dishes, buy the best. If you're buying a new car, buy the best one you can afford. If you're buying a new house, buy the best house you can afford. Well, he's totally wrong. He has literally made himself God. And he's the one who will decide what he has and how much he has. That's not the answer. The answer is, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. We don't serve ourselves. We serve the almighty God of heaven. We serve in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. So, 
I'm considering a car. What are the requirements for that car that I can best use in the service of Jesus Christ? Those requirements will determine the car I buy. If I don't have enough money to buy that car, then I come to the Lord and say, Lord, is that the car you want me to have? And if it is, I'll wait on you because you always pay for what you order. Here are the requirements I have come to in my prayer closet regarding this car that I need for transportation. (laughs) I can tell you the kind of cars he's given me. A cow pile brown used car with thousands and thousands of miles. A beautiful old Oldsmobile. And now a, a beautiful old, old beat up Sonata Hyundai. Have they met the requirements that I had in order to be able to fully serve the Lord God of heaven? Yes, they have. Have they made people look at me and say, whoa, there's a successful man? No, they haven't done that. You see, we have to determine, am I God? In the story of of Adam and Eve, Eve decided to reach out her hand and take the fruit based on the advantage that she saw in taking that fruit. I'm going to gain wisdom and knowledge. I'm going to be like God. I can determine for myself what is right and wrong. And besides all of that, it's beautiful, and it looks like it would taste wonderfully good. So she reached out, and she took the fruit. We reach out and take the car. We reach out and take the house. We reach out and take the clothing. And most have not even considered the question, what is necessary for me to have in order to fully serve the kingdom of Jesus Christ? Will my choice be that choice that Jesus has made for his servant? Now, it may be a very beautiful car, and it may be a new car, and it may be what would please the man the most, but does it please Jesus the most? And it may be, yes, that is the car I want you to have, and that is the car that will please me the most. But see, the question is not, what do I want? The question is, what does Jesus want for me, and does that most fit the requirements for my service to Jesus Christ, to his kingdom. See, we're so accustomed. We'll go out and take what we want to take. We'll buy what we want to buy. 
we'll use all that we have to achieve our own personal goals. But are those the goals of the kingdom of God? Usually, no. It goes much further than that. It also goes down to, I enjoy that. I want that. I love playing that game. I love playing that sport. I love doing this and this and this. What's wrong with that, Pastor? Well, maybe nothing. Except the question has to be asked. Is this what the Holy Spirit, is this what the Word of God, is this what I am being told from heaven that will best fit me to serve the Lord Jesus Christ? Everything comes back to the question, does this further the kingdom of God or does it further my own personal kingdom? And upon that, all decisions have to rest. I come home, I'm tired, I want to just veg out. There's a movie I've been wanting to see. I think I'll just sit down and watch that movie tonight. It may even be a movie that there would be nothing wrong with. But again, the question comes, is this movie going to help me in my service to Jesus Christ? Or is this movie for my own veg? Is it for me to enjoy separate from the kingdom of Jesus Christ? Now, I hope you see how utterly radical this becomes. If all of my energy and all of the focus of my heart is for the building of the kingdom of God, not the building of my own satisfaction and my own desire. Now, see, this is this has been such a, a struggle for me, and it's been such an utter wicked temptation to so many men and women that I speak with. Everything is about them. A couple with a small child in a townhouse. They smell, they smell gas in their apartment. He calls for the, the man in that townhouse complex to come and take a look and tell him what's going on. And then he tells his wife, and as soon as he arrives, I'm going to leave because I have my sport I want to play. And she says, but wait a minute. I thought you were the head of the house. How can you just say now, I'm going to go play my sport and you're going to leave me here with our little one and you're going to leave me with a maintenance man alone in the house. He said, yes, but everything will be fine. He'll take care of any problem. I've got to go play my sport. What was he doing? He was saying, I'm first. 
I'm more important than you, and I'm more important than the little one. I'm more important than anything else. Totally centered in himself. This is repeated over and over and over as each one of us has to face the question that Eve had to face. It looks good. I think it would be pleasant. I'd like it. I can make my own decisions about what I do because my life is my own. My life centers in in what I desire to do. And so I'll take this portion of my life and I'll reach out and I'll serve Jesus with this portion. But over here, this is my part. And I'm going to go be the man, the woman I want to be. I'm going to be independent. I ask a woman who was looking at a wonderful job opportunity. I said, Why do you want that job? And she answered, because I am an independent woman and I want to be able to control my own finances. I said, but your your husband makes money. What do you need that money for? I want it for my own lifestyle. I want to be able to be in charge of myself. I'm an independent woman. Oh, if I had asked her, are you a Christian? She would have rapidly said, yes, of course I'm a Christian. Really? I don't think so. That's not how Christians operate. We even see this at a a church board level or a vestry level. We need to build a new building. We need to put on this addition We need to do this and this. One church, country church. They said, we need to build a a gymnasium. Because if we build a gymnasium and the men can have their night of playing basketball, we're going to have a lot more people coming to church. It'll attract the community to come. Well, they built their gymnasium. I don't know what it cost, but the debt was at least a million dollars. It was a first-class gymnasium. About five years later, I stopped by and just checked on how they were doing. And yes, they had added many men who came and played basketball, but none of them had joined the church. They just enjoyed the gymnasium while the church members paid the mortgage on their gymnasium. It was strictly a flesh operation. It wasn't God who told them to build a gymnasium. They made a business choice, and the business choice did not play out for them. And so they lost members because people didn't want to be a part of paying that mortgage. So in fact, five years later, they were smaller than they were when they decided to build the gymnasium. 
But pastors have a desire to build. I spoke with a pastor who directed a megachurch building project here in the Washington metro area. I said to him, why are you going so deeply in debt for this building? You really don't need it, do you? And his answer to me was, no, we don't really have to have it. But, but Ray, right now our giving level is $20 per head. So as people come into the church and they put in their offerings, we average per member or per head who comes in $20. But if we have a building program going on, we can increase that to 40 to $45 a Sunday per head. I said, oh, wait a minute. So you're doing the building program so that you can increase the level of giving in your church. And you don't need it all for the building program, so you can cover some other activities that you want to cover through the building fund. Yes, that's how we do it. Whoa. Do you see? The greatest temptation we face is the temptation to play God. And we play it to the hilt. Now, if we were to go to the book of Romans, in the first chapter, Paul begins speaking about these issues in verse 16. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power, the dunamis, the dynamite of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness or an innocence that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And then he The Apostle Paul shifts. He makes this bold statement that there is a righteousness that come to us, that comes to us from God Himself through Jesus Christ. So there we are right up against it. Either we say yes to the righteousness of God and we serve Him and Him alone, or we set up our own deal. We make our own choices. We're in charge of our own life. I need to stop and just ask you for a moment. What percentage of your lifestyle is based on your own decision for your own comfort and your family's comfort and for what you choose to enjoy and what your family chooses to enjoy. What is the basis for all of that? Is it for the kingdom of God? As one family said, we work really hard and we play hard. So we need that beach house because we're tired and we've got to go rest. 
we work hard and we play hard. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you do with your work? Are you working to build the kingdom of God? Or are you working to build your own kingdom and have your retirements lined up so you don't have just one 20-year retirement, you have two 20-year retirements, plus you start a business on the side? Why? Well, I've got college to pay for the kids. I've got weddings to pay for the kids. I've got, I've got expenses. All of that is filled with the wisdom of the human heart. I'm not saying that any of that is wrong, except the acid question has to be asked. Are you doing this for the kingdom of God, or are you doing this for your own family and your own family's comfort, your own family's lifestyle? Why do you live where you live? Why do you have the vacation place you have? Was that for the kingdom of Jesus Christ, or was that for your kingdom? If that's for your kingdom, then you have become, essentially, in your own eyes, God. And you'll make the decisions about how you use your time, money, energy. That's why in verse 18, Romans 1.18, it says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. It's plain that we are called as Christians to be warriors for Jesus Christ. We are to use our time, our energy, our money. We're to use it for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Now, I know of men who have opened businesses, and they're very successful in those businesses. Why did they open them? Because they wanted an opportunity to have a place where on neutral ground they could meet pagan people and explain to them and draw them to Jesus Christ. They made a decision that God is God and not them. But the wrath of God, that is the anger, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness. See, it's doesn't say the godlessness without wickedness. Many of you listening today would say, I'm, I'm a Christian and I'm upright and I'm not doing anything that's that bad. But you would have to add, I'm making the decisions about where I'll go and what I'll do. I have free will. I have the right to decide for myself. Not if you're a Christian, you don't have the right to decide for yourself. You know, I tell you, quite frankly, if I had my choice, I would do this radio broadcast from Wyoming. I love Wyoming. As a boy, I lived in Bosler, Wyoming. I lived in Laramie, Wyoming. Wyoming. 
I love the Front Range, the East Hills. I love the Medicine Bow area. There are places in Wyoming and and also in Colorado that I would just rejoice if I could live in that place. Well, why don't I live there? I could do the radio broadcast from there. I can do this from anywhere I'd like to be. I'd even like to be living on a sailboat, traveling from place to place. That's not where God called me. God called me when I was a senior in high school and said, your place of ministry will be Washington, D.C. It is your place of service to me. He has not told me my place of service is in Wyoming or Colorado or on a sailboat. I love blue water sailing. Put me on a 44-foot Choli, and I'm going to be I'm going to be a happy man. No, that's not where God sent me. Are you where God sent you, or did you decide on your own to go where you are currently at? Did you go there because of a job advantage, or did you go there because Jesus said, I'm giving you this job, I want you to go there, I have a purpose for this, I have a mission for you, you are a Christian and you are under my orders and my command. You are not a civilian, you are a soldier of the cross of Jesus Christ. Please, could we just stop all the phony Ugly lies to God. If you would finally say, I will go where you send me. I will do what you tell me to do. I will stop now. I will not take another step in any direction until I am very clear that it is you speaking to me and I will do whatever you tell me to do and I will only receive from your hand what you give me. Oh, what a change that would be in the church. I know why people don't want to pray, because they've been making their own choices and their own decisions, and they don't want to confess their wickedness before God. It seems so so logical and so right that I should be able to make my own decisions. It seems so logical and so right that that I should be in charge of my own life. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Are you suppressing the truth of God by just going your own way and doing what you want to do? Or are you walking in the fullness and the certainty and in the knowledge that I'm where Jesus sent me? I'm doing what he told me to do. I can say yes to that question. I rejoice in saying yes to that question, even though it's not where my flesh wants to be. I don't want to be in Washington, D.C. I'm not a city boy. I'm a country boy. I like the open hills. I like to be able to see the sky. I love the Wyoming prairies. 
My grandma and grandpa went to Bosler, Wyoming, and grandpa built a a beautiful home. I'd visit them as a child. I'd look over that vast prairie. It was beautiful. It's where my early memories are. Colorado, Wyoming, Longmont, Colorado. I lived there as a child, Longmont, Colorado. I could see Long's Peak from our front window. As a kid, we'd go up on Long's Peak and get down on our face at the top of the mountain in a beautiful little lake, and we would drink the water straight out. Today, we couldn't do that, but then we could. The lake was crystal clear and clean, cold, ice cold, above tree line, above 11,000 feet. There is so much to do and to enjoy. There are so many places to go. But is that where Jesus sent you? Are you living your own life, your own way, your own finances? Are you serving the almighty God of heaven and earth? Now, I want to read this for you. It's not pretty, but I think it'll make sense to you. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave him thanks, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal men and birds and animals and reptiles. That's what's happened today in our culture. We we love our pets much more than we love God. We make decisions about our expensive $3,000 dog. My, my. And then he says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. Why? Because they were making their own decisions. They were going where they wanted to go. They were living where they wanted to live. They were buying the cars they wanted to drive. They were going to the parties they wanted to go to. They were going to the clubs they wanted to go to. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. So they stopped allowing God to make the decisions in their life. And they made their own choices. Have you made your own choices about where you work, about where you go, about what you spend, about what you go in debt for? Have you made your own choices or have you done only as the Holy Spirit has ordered you and directed your steps? Now watch. 
although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal men. In other words, man doing his own deal, birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, He gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not ought to be done. This is what we see today in America. I want you to notice that their primary sin was not sexual immorality. The primary sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was not sexual immorality. It was the last sin listed in Ezekiel. They were fat and well-fed. They didn't care for the poor. In other words, they were about themselves. This is the great sin. Being in charge of my own life, directing my own steps, going where I want to go. And God is saying, if you live like that, I'm going to give you over to the desires of your wicked heart. And so in the church today, we have every kind of sexual uncleanness. Perversion, pedophilia, men struggling for power and position, churches trying to stack up as much brush as they can to be the great mega church of the city, but no fire to spark a fire of God, just traditions, rituals entertainment, business, men and women gaining great prosperity and prominence among men. So we have a a man who's a great man of God, Billy Graham dying, $20 million in his bank account. What? What? He wasn't depending on God. He was making his own choices and preaching his own gospel, sinner-friendly. Oh, he preached against sin, but he believed that you could go to heaven even while you were sinning against Almighty God and making the choice to be the God of your own heart. This is not an easy issue, is it? It's not easy. I have also many times made the choice to be the God of my own heart and the God of my own life without the acid test of 
doing this? Will this advance the kingdom of God? Will this draw me closer to Jesus? Will this serve his purpose? Or does it serve my purpose of my own wicked enjoyment? Does it further my kingdom? Or does it further the kingdom of Jesus Christ? That's the acid test. Now we're out of time for today. But I would like to share just very quickly some good news. And then I'd like to pray with you. Through this month of December, I have invited you to give. I've asked if you would help me pay for this month's broadcast. And yesterday I said, please, we need some action. And one brother sent forward to us $2,000. Now I want to tell you, the radio broadcast is paid for for the month of December. And we're not even at the last day of the month. It's close, but we're not there. But December is paid for by God's grace. He did it. He moved in the hearts of his people to cover the cost of this gospel work. I know it's not a comfortable word you hear day after day. Some of you get mad and disappear, and then you'll finally come back and say, Oh, I better check out what Pastor Ray's saying. I thank you for the comments, the cards. Thank you. Now let's pray. Almighty God, we have all sinned against you. I have. And I'm sure each who's listened to this broadcast would say, yes, I too have sinned against the Lord because I've gone after what I wanted. And I did not ask the question, Will this serve the kingdom of Jesus Christ? Instead, we've said, this is what I want. And I'm free, and I'm able to do what I want to do. And this is what I want. This is the house I want. This is the car I want. This is the the mate I want. This is the reputation I want. This is the job I want. This is what I want. Lord, forgive us. Forgive me. I repent before you. And I covenant with you to receive only from your hand what you choose to give me. And to make every choice pass the acid test. Is this what God wants? Is this what the kingdom of Jesus Christ needs? Is this for the service of Jesus? Or is this for my own wicked establishment of my kingdom? Lord, thank you. I praise and worship your name. Thank you, Lord. I pray in your name. Amen. I'd love to hear from you. And by the way, I apologize for the strange um, 
YouTube picture. Something happened to our our camera. So it's it's a very small picture today. But let Jesus be very large. As Bill Davis said, you don't need to see me full size. You need to see Jesus full size. <laughs> so please write to me, Pastor Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. That's Pastor Ray, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Now, you can also go to our webpage, nationalperchable.com. You can give online. You'll also find there where we meet for worship. And I invite you to come on New Year's Day. Start the year searching after Jesus. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I'll talk to you soon. And to present you blameless Before the presence of His glory With great joy With great joy Now unto Him who is able To keep you from falling And to present you blameless Before the presence of His glory